cool. Okay, I'm so excited you're here. So we have <laughs> Sarah Porcelino and Jeff Ross with us today. And guys, if you are just going to go ahead and jump right in, I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. If you could just spend, Dave, why don't you go ahead and go first, just two minutes about a little bit about your background and then how you got into audio description and then Jeff will have you do this. <laughs> Jeff, you catch your breath and <laughs> yeah. yes. I'm just glad to be here. We are too, Jeff. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stopwatch because if I go long, just give me the hook sign. Okay. Um, so I, st I started in audio really young. Um, I started when I was about 17 and um, went to recording school early. Worked, I've worked in post-production pretty much my entire life. Um, and I only started doing audio description about, I think six or seven, six, seven, maybe eight years ago. Um, there was a, mutual friend at a company that does audio description that they needed someone to consult um, and they called me in to help kind of streamline and fix some issues they were having and uh, just pretty much from that day forward I started working with them and dealing with what they do with audio description and helping them kind of handle best practices and figure out exactly you know what technical issues they run across and and handle mixed duties and edit duties and, and working a, a lot on trying to solve the, the problems that come up and, and handling a lot of the mix sessions for television and some uh, motion pictures. Um, and it's been a real interesting kind of journey through audio description. Like I was telling you before we started, I, it was not something that I knew literally anything about. I'd never heard of it. It had never crossed my plate until I actually went and interviewed with this company. Um, but I'm glad I'm doing it. It's really something that I like doing. It's a, it's kind of a single-minded focus as far as when you're doing the work. Um, but it's good. It's, it's fun. I, I enjoy doing it. So. That is awesome. And we're glad you're doing it too. Thanks. How about you, Jeff? <laughs> oh no. Mm. We lost Thank Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> you want me to talk to Jeff? <laughs> oh, I think I've got you now. There you oh, are. Yay! Okay. okay, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I took kind of a long route to uh, audio description. Um, I had started as a musician uh, and really that was my focus. I wanted to be a musician, uh, you know, as a teenager. And, you know, as my schooling and career progressed, I uh, realized I wasn't going to make any money as a musician. And <laughs> Uh, shock <laughs> but, yeah do we but ever <laughs> but sound always fascinated me and uh so I, I worked in television pretty much from the very beginning right out of college uh i produced a tv show with uh a group of people and uh, eventually ended up in la I, I i was from chicago moved to la uh, continued working in sound, mixing shows and uh, doing sound design for various things. I ended up e editing dialogue for a couple of network TV shows. And through that experience, uh, ended up at CBS um, mixing promos, uh, commercials basically for TV shows, um, where I met Dave. Um, and Dave, uh, his side hustle, uh, also, also became my site hustle, <laughs> um, uh, which was audio description. And honestly, it wasn't something that I was familiar with at all at, at the time. I, did, I didn't know what he was talking about when he was first introducing me to the job. I, he was completely foreign to me. 
Um, I'd had very little experience with, uh, uh, you know, people with no vision in my life. So it just wasn't something I was familiar with at all. So, um, you know, immediately though, I could see the value of it because, um, you know, it was obviously a tool for people who aren't seeing the picture to be able to understand exactly what's happening when, you know, the words aren't being spoken, you know, a lot of emotion is conveyed from facial features or colors or, uh, you know, all kinds of different elements, but uh, it's not always explicitly spoken. So that was kind of a light bulb moment for me is that like, oh my God, like this is something I had never even thought of that it is just a new way of looking at audio for me. Uh, and, you know, it happened to coincide with my career, which I was very happy with, that it was yeah. a, a way that I can use my skills in a completely different way. So I want to move into into that part of it, like with there, Jeff. Thank you guys both so much for telling us about that. One thing that I'm curious, and I think our audience members might be curious about is, you know, we've we've heard from you know narration side of it of it. We've also heard from uh, audio descriptive writer. When it comes to the sound and engineering portion of it, how does that play in? And when do you guys get started on that? And let's have Dave go first. Uh, the, the process, if you if you talking about the process, basically it gets script written. Then when it gets to us, the script has already pretty much been edited, and we sit in with the narrators in another room. Um, and we basically mix, edit, and record pretty much all in real time. Um, we'll go back and do pickups if they miss a line or flub a line. Um, but you're really kind of just moving in real time. A, a, you know, a, a two-hour movie doesn't take two hours. It actually takes about six to eight hours. But uh, you are recording along with the production track, and you have to consider the balance, the, the most important thing that goes into what we do is that balance between the actual narration and your production track. And it's probably the most, um, it's the most consequential, but it's also up for the most debate as far as where the level of that should sit. Um, some people think it needs to be a little louder than dialogue. Some people want it to be unobtrusive and almost hidden below the dialogue. Um, and it's difficult to say that there's a right or a wrong methodology for it, but that's one of the things that comes in with, you know, being a, an experienced mixer is that you can stand by the way you work it and say, I think it should be this way. If you as the production house or editor want it differently, we can approach it that way. Um, and that's kind of one of the probably the most important skill sets is being able to kind of morph your thinking from, okay, how am I approaching this? And how do they want it? Because like I was saying, there's no right or wrong, but you have to be able to deliver product based on whatever house you're working at, what their sets of specs are. Um, and again, you're doing all this in real time. You don't usually have a, what would normally be like a record pass. Then you don't have a, an, an edit pass or a mix pass where you're running this movie two, three, four, five times. Um, it's very, you know, get it in and get it out, but you have to have the skills to get it in and get it out cleanly. And so you can hear everything. I mean, obviously that's the important part, mm. but 
there are some I know from listening to some uh, audio description that that coming from other houses that I haven't worked in that don't treat it with the kind of respect it needs to be and they treat their narration as just set it on top and let it go. There is no finessing it where you get an action sequence and your narration may be loud enough, but then you get to a quiet sequence and your narration is way too loud and it's disconcerting for the listener because it's not, it, it, it's jarring and you're trying to keep them involved in the movie. Um, so it's, those are the, like, those are the things that are most important when you have to deal with audio description. Thank you so much. That is really awesome. I, I can imagine how like talent, like really since you guys are doing it real time and you don't get that do over is just crazy. Um, it, I can imagine, I can see now why both of you have said that you're always learning an audio description. Mm -hmm. So Jeff, can we kind of talk to you a little bit about that portion of it? You know, you and I have taught, have spoken before um, and you were telling me your passion for audio description, but what are you always learning when you're, when you're working in audio description? Oh no, did we lose him again? Okay, now I'm unmuted. <laughs> it, it says tapped on mute, but it wasn't unmuting. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I was distracted there. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm constantly learning. Um, Dave is great to work with too, because he's somebody who's always pushing, looking for something new. Uh, he's made me, aware a number of times of new ways to do things and uh honestly when i started in audio description um when i first started we were doing things that i didn't always see as the optimal way to do them um but i i was coming in as an outsider as a freelancer so i didn't feel like it was my place to institute new rules or anything or institute new processes um so in the beginning, you know, I wasn't necessarily doing my best mixes, uh, but I was following, you know, the process that had been, you know, already set up. Um, and I, I think just in the few years that I've been doing it, uh, you know, alongside Dave, we've made big improvements in how we're doing it. Um, and it is a subjective thing, but uh, I think there's, it's pretty easy to me to tell when it's right and when it's wrong. I mean, uh, it is subjective, but there is a sweet spot, I think, where you want to be able to hear the narration. You don't want it to overpower the movie because you don't want it to take you out of the movie. Right. Uh, um, you know, I, I think we have kind of narrowed down the process to where uh, we're not just laying the voiceover on top and let it, letting the, you know, as Dave said, you know, letting it ride for the whole movie. There's places where you definitely hear that, um, you know, that kind of product being put out. And honestly, I don't think it sounds good. Um, and I'm sure there's a number of factors that go into that, you know, budget and time and all that stuff. Um, and honestly, in like the BBC, I know, maybe not all their programs, but they use computer software to ride levels and stuff. And that doesn't take into consideration everything, you know, the dynamics of the movie. Um, uh, you know, the way that we're kind of doing it now, um, you're kind of carving a hole in, in the production track 
and that whole is only being created when the narrator is speaking. And to me, that kind of gives the optimal uh, way to hear it, where you're, you're cutting out the frequencies from the movie as the narrator is speaking, which kind of gives the perfect blend. That is you know, a really, really neat way you describe that, Jeff. I really liked it. Um, but I, because I want to make sure we have enough time for Q and A, and I, I really want to ask this question. You know, I, I know that both of you um, have worked when you work alongside someone like myself who is blind or vision impaired, and you're getting their feedback. How does that elevate the quality, or how has that educated? You can answer either or, Jeff. I'm going to have you go first. Well, I hate to say that um, I wish I had more experience in that area. Um, my experience in audio description, uh, I think, needs more inclusion. Um, I haven't had that much direct experience. I mean, actually, in, in speaking with people recently, including you, Melody, um, you know, this is the thing that really gets me excited about it. When I hear people's feedback about um, what we're doing, I want to include that, you know, just in my knowledge to inform myself uh, to do better mixes. Um, I think there is a lot of value in that, but unfortunately, uh, the company that, that I've worked for doesn't have a lot of that happening, and I, I think it could be better. Um, and I know there's companies that are focused on that, and I really applaud that. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of room for, uh, you know, that inclusion to be expanded, you know, throughout the whole industry. Because uh, I, I, I don't know uh, that that's happening everywhere. Yeah, I haven't worked next uh, alongside with anyone who has vision impaired issues. Um, and it makes it was one of the one of the first things that I did when I first started working in audio description was I tried to find out what the the consumer uh, perspective was because I was trying to get when I was literally starting to learn I was trying to get the perspective the only perspective I had was from the company I worked with and they were all cited and you can you can approach it there there's no wrong approach if you're cited to it because you're approaching it like auditorially but mm -hmm. you're not um, you don't have that perspective it's not it's not just a matter of close your eyes and look at, and, and pretend to picture right. it in your mind. And it was very difficult to kind of find a, like a resource for how is this being used? Because again, this was eight or so, seven or eight years ago. I, anywhere between six and eight years ago. And I couldn't find a lot of resources to tell me this is how we use it. This is how we like it. So those are the kind of things where as an experienced mixer, like Jeff was saying, you just got to kind of find that sweet spot and say, this is what I'm going to work with. Um, but it's also, it's also nice to get that feedback. Unf the, the only other pitfall is like we were saying earlier, everyone has a different sweet spot. Right. We could, especially with audio, it's so completely subjective. We could find five people, play them the same mix and blend of, of, you know, elements and they might all have five different opinions on it. Um, so that's where having some experience comes in and says, okay, I can try and take all of this, boil it down into one set of 
my approach and say, this is how I'm going to do it. And it's open for interpretation and you have to be mm -hmm. open for people to say, I don't like it this way or I do like it this way. And it's, it's just kind of how working with audio is. And if you can take that feedback, great. If you can't, you might not be in the right business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate your all's honesty. And I was going to leave with one question, but I love this part because we were very close. We were at the, the Q&A session and I think you guys we're going to have an audience that can give some feedback, but I first want to say before we go into the Q&A that, you know, we at, at the American Foundation for the Blind are always looking for things too and, and finding those, you know, sweet spots or areas of where, you know, we really can tap in for inclusion because, I mean, you know, we all have voices and you are, you know, creating what you're doing and I applaud both of you so much for your passions. And I, and I hope that when you answer some of the questions for the Q&A, we can also talk about your passion about why you love AD. Um, you touched on it a little, but I can tell with both of you, it runs deeper. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate what it is that you do and, and staying open for these conversations. So Susan, if we could go ahead and start the question and answer process. Sure, we have a question from Roy. Um, what is the best way to let companies be receptive to know that audio sound mix matters? Good. Boy, that, that's yeah. kind of the, <laughs> yeah. the age-old question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll start. Um, I was told by a teacher in college, and this was in the '80s. So this, and it so just know, pre yesterday predates that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but I, I was told, and I didn't believe this at first. I, I went to a college that had a heavy video production side and and film production, and audio was like a secondary program to even even to radio or to film audio was like a sub program of that and it was always kind of looked down upon as being lesser mm -hmm. which didn't bother me at the time but uh and then i had a teacher warn me like when you get out in the real world this is how it is you know just be prepared <laughs> audio audio gets no respect yeah and i hate to say it but it's been proven true. <laughs> yeah, it's um, unfortunate, yeah. It, it really, um, and I, I don't know what to attribute that to, but because uh, it really tells half the story, at least yeah. half the story. So, um, yeah. I mean, try, try watching a movie with no audio, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there, it, sorry, if there's an age-old age old adage that you'll never notice a good mix, but you'll notice a bad mix. Yeah, that, that's true. And I, yeah. I make that point all the time that if, mm -hmm. if we've done our job, you, you shouldn't notice that we've done our job. Right, right. Unless you're, you're really enjoying yourself and you're focused on audio. But mm -hmm. most people aren't focused on the audio. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking as a sighted person, but, uh, you know, most people are focused on the picture and the audio comes with, but sighted people aren't necessarily focused on the audio it, it's a weird phenomenon to me because i've always been focused on audio yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but i know that's not the case yeah I, I would say the best i mean i guess the best way to to have your voice heard is i mean literally emailing writing campaigns letter campaigns representation um because it needs to be it needs to be called out when it's not being treated with at least the modicum of respect. I know there are some companies out there that are beginning to use um, artificial voices, AI. And unfortunately, that may be one of the areas that it's, it's going to progress into through, through 
for a lot of factors. The, the, the AI is only going to get better, but letting people know we don't like this, it's a problem. It makes it an unpleasant process. The only way to let them know is emailing. There, I believe every network has a department for descriptive audio. I know CBS does, and I don't know if it's actually presented that way, but every network, you should be able to find someone who represents that segment. Um, and just voicing your concerns, letting them know, you know, have specifics about what you did or did not like, just calling up and saying, I, you know, I, like you were saying, I heard Big Bang Theory and I hated the voice. Well, okay, that's, <laughs> that's great. But again, we're in, in subjective yeah. terms. If you can tell them, you know, the, the voice content was fine. The, there were a lot of points we couldn't hear the narrator or the narrator was loud in parts that it wasn't having specific complaints about it is the only way to get it changed and notice you know, the things that stick out to you. Those are hey, the things that, is, that are- That is excellent feedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, to be very uh, pointed. Uh, yeah. On uh, heavensprocess.org, uh, there's a list of resources, um, you know, places you can write to, uh, to specifically, you know, do a writing campaign. Mm. Good. Thank you. I think I know we have another question coming in. We have lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a hit today. Okay. <laughs> this is from Marsha. She has a comment and a question. Her comment is, I think a focus group with those with low vision or, or are blind could be helpful. Her question is, do any colleges or schools teach classes on audio description? Uh, not as far as I know. I've, it's, it's a, the reason it's not a specific field is because being an audio engineer covers a much wider range. Um, and as far as how you approach it as an audio engineer, you kind of approach it in the same manner you would in a lot of other programs, but you have a specific goal you're trying to reach. Um, you need to understand mixing, Pro Tools, compression, dynamics, um, overall level, and all of that is kind of inclusive under the audio engineering umbrella. A lot of the decisions when it comes to uh, scripting, that wouldn't be counted in an audio program. And I know that's a lot of the issues when it comes to some of the audio description is people have issues with how some things are described. And also the, like I was talking about earlier, that balance between narration and dialogue is a is a mixer's job but the end um determination of how that balance fits really comes from the house so there's no specific like i was saying earlier there's no specific rule as to how to do it so there isn't really any specific courses i would know on on how it would be done That's yeah i i, I I don't know of any specific uh, audio description courses either, um, but I, I have done a little bit of research. Um, you know, I was kind of anticipating, hopefully somebody was interested in, not in sound engineering, uh, uh, you know, through this conversation. And I found a couple of resources for any budding uh, sound engineers uh, who are not cited. Um, one is just a YouTube page, stevebaskis.com. Uh, uh, on his site, he has links to his uh, YouTube page, and he has a whole thing about uh, Pro Tools access and mm. different different ways to uh, 
for you know blind users to uh, access Pro Tools mm. uh, natively. Uh, Pro Tools has uh, accessibility options through their uh, the VoiceOver software on a Mac, but there, there's also something called Flow Tools and uh, different software tools that you know help the uh, creates macros and stuff uh, to do multiple commands at a time, stuff like that. Um, mm. For blind users. That is awesome. And we can, we'll definitely share this with everyone too. Jeff, thank you for providing yeah. that. Yeah, if I could just mention one more as well. Sure, um, yes. Th there, there's a school that specifically reaches out to um, blind users of Pro Tools and other software, but we're pretty much talking about Pro Tools. Um, it's called icmusic.org. Uh, oh. Um, and th they have courses specifically designed for blind users. Thank you so much. I was going to ask that these tips at the end, but thank you. That is great. I'm going to check those out myself. You know, and actually, sorry, let me piggyback on that. There's one thing I was thinking. If you, if your question is more of how do you get into the industry, one of the good ways is I know on some, a lot of the audio description at the very end, usually after the credits, a lot of the houses that produce the description will say this was produced at whatever the production company or the production house's name is for a credit, you can always contact them and say, I'm a mixer or I'm learning to get into this or I'm trying to get into this. How do I, is there a way I can come in and watch, sit in, do a session? A lot of times they'll be open to allowing people to come in and watch because they're also always looking for pools of people that they can call on an emergency basis and kind of keep their Rolodex filled with people who are eager to break into whatever type of post-production. And if you have a specific interest in something like that, um, it might sometimes be easier to get in because you kind of set yourself apart as opposed to, hey, I just want to come work in your business. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point because, and, and that's how I came up too. I, you know, didn't have a job when I was, uh, you know, a teenager and uh, early on in my training. So I, went door to door to studios asking just, you know, can I sit in? Mm. And just that, that enthusiasm for it, uh, you know, will make it you more attractive to people. Yeah. yeah. It opens doors. Yeah. That's great, you guys. Susan, can we just time for one more question and then we can take the rest and send them to these guys? Yeah, we can. This is another comment and a question, and this is from our friend Steph McCoy. Uh, first, thank you for the work that you do. It sounds like input from the BBI consumers is something that is definitely needed to work in concert with what you do, you and Jeff do. Her question is, how many, if any, BBI folks are within this line of work? Wow. I, as far as, as far as the, the access that I have, I don't know of any, I don't, I, it's unfortunately the post-production field is not something that has a lot of um, visually impaired people working in it. And I don't know, I, I couldn't even guess what that is. I just know from my experience, I, have never run across anyone uh, in my field that has any issues, you know, visual or sight impairment issues. Um, and it's unfortunate. It, there, I, I think there probably would need to be, I would hope that in coming from most of the post houses that do this, they, the, the handshake should be reaching out from them to find people to bring into their, um, 
into the fold to give them input on this? Yeah, I, I don't know of anyone specifically that I've worked with either uh, in television. Uh, yeah. I've encountered uh, blind engineers in music, um, but uh, you know, I, I, I and right now I think is a good time. I mean, I'm speaking as as a sound engineer. I've never been in management or anything, but it seems to me just all the changes happening in the television industry right now, and everything going to streaming. Like now would be the time to, you know, push for these things, uh, you know, cause there's so many changes happening right now. If everyone can speak up and, you know, make their voices known, I, I think it will only help all of us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I agree. I need to cut you guys off. You guys, it is, I have had a blast. I can't believe we're a little over time, but you guys have been so fun and given us so much information. Oh, I think, I think for all of us, I speak for all of us to say, you know, we really appreciate what you do and you are right. I think to, you know, together, you know, we will all work together and have our voices heard. And just by the information you've shared with us today gives us action and, and we all need to have that. So thank you mm -hmm. so much and for the resources. And if they want to, if people in the audience want to reach you, how could they do so? Jeff, you want to go first? Uh, sure. You can reach out uh, from my website, which is saddlepeaksound.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, but Saddle Peak Sound is probably the best way to get a hold of me. And Dave? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's just Dave Porcelino. Or, I don't remember if it's David or Dave. Either way, <laughs> I'm the only one of the only Porcelinos on there. It's not a common name. So you can find me on LinkedIn or you can reach me at dporcelino at gmail.com. Great. Thank you guys so much. And just remember, you guys, if you we work together, we're better together at creating a life of no limits if we do it together at one time. And thank you so much for being here with us today. If you want to learn more about AFB and our programs, just visit us at afb.org. Thanks so much for being here. Everybody have an amazing day. David and Jeff, thank you so much for being with us Thanks today. Thanks for having thank us. Thanks so much. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.